Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. Today, we're going to recap and discuss one of our mother's favorite movies, Fiddler on the Fiddler on the Roof, a 1971 musical produced and directed by Norman Jewison, based on the 1964 stage musical of the same name. The cast includes Topol, Norma Crane, Leonard Frey, Molly Picone, Paul Mann, Rosalind Harris, Michelle Marsh, Neva Small, and Paul Michael Glazer. The film grossed $83.3 million worldwide on a $9 million budget, which made it the highest grossing film of 1971. Wow. The film also received eight nominations at the 44th Academy Awards and it won two Golden Globes. For wow. some, these factoids would be enough to make this movie a classic, but today we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I'm the youngest. And y'all, when we took this movie on, and we had to, because it is a part of our childhood, the only thing I could really remember were some of the main songs. Because I just remember I just remember yeah. us running around talking about if I were a rich man. <laughs> Listen, and I there's nothing you remember the movie. We were just listening off those people. There's nothing you couldn't tell me before I watched the movie that Barbara Streisand wasn't in this movie. I just knew Barbara Streisand was in this movie. She was Saito. There was nothing you could tell me. I watched the movie. I said, well, listen, that's not her. That's not Barbara. That's not Barbara at all. It's not her. I said, well, all right. I was mistaken. <laughs> but they do, they do famous, just a tinge. So did y'all remember the movie or were you kind of like, no. like no? I didn't I know that we watched it pretty a lot, but I didn't it didn't I didn't remember it. I, didn't remember I knew it was I long because I remember I knew the songs. Yeah. I remember the songs. <laughs> I remember the songs. I remember and I knew it was gonna be long. Yeah. I knew it was yeah. gonna be long. I remembered certain scenes like when he was walking with the horse walking behind him. And the horse like was about to walk off the road. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember the starting scene where where you actually see the fiddler on the roof. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, but yeah. So no, it was it was not. It was like watching it kind of for the first time, That's but not I really. Yeah, me too. That's mm. how I felt too. It's so crazy how it just didn't. But stick. here's the crazy part: when the beat dropped. That's what I've been telling Aubrey and Janai, yeah. y'all. When that very first beat drop in the beginning, I said, I mean, <laughs> it's Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> I knew what was going down. So it was weird. It was like new and nostalgia all at the same time. I don't yeah. understand right. how that happened. I feel that way. I get it though. You said yeah. it up. Yeah. That's how it felt. I get it. That's how it felt. And then when it came down to picking a voting symbol, you know, I have one to recommend. Which is honestly, it just feels like <laughs> the right thing to do for the symbol to be the fiddler on the roof, you know. And part of it is that, you know, um, at the top of the movie, the main character he tells us what the fiddler on the roof symbolizes, you know. He says it symbolizes, um, basically like the fragility of their, their balance of life, 
in, in their village, you know? And he says, and I, this is from my notes. I think this might be an exact quote. He says, without traditions, our lives will be as shaky as a fiddler on the roof. And so the fiddler on the roof, it symbolizes their struggle. Like, so for the main family that's in the movie, um, you know, they're struggling financially. You know, they're even struggling socially to hold on to their tra their traditions. Um, and the, the community in general is struggling to like hold on tra to tradition while times are changing around them. And some of it is imposed change and some of it is coming from within, you know, the community itself kind of like aching for something different to happen, you know? Um, and so the fiddler on the roof throughout the movie, he comes to the main character um, almost as like a grounding force. It's like something good has happened. The fiddler comes and is and is and is present in the moment. Something bad happens. The fiddler comes and, and is just present in the moment. Um, and so this is what the movie is about. It's about this push and pull between um, you know, what always has been and what is inevitably going to be, you know. And so I think that the fiddler on the roof could be the a good symbol. Hmm. Did y'all come up with anything? Potential voting symbols? Well, the thing about a filler on the roof, I, I argue that it's not a symbol. It's a person. <laughs> but he's not real. Nobody can I know, but, but the main character. I think it has to be the fiddle. Just, oh. I just felt like it had to be, I felt like all three of us were just going to come up with the fiddle. <laughs> now, bro, why just the fiddle? I don't know. <laughs> I just really feel like what? it's a great uh, symbol for this movie. Obviously, the fiddle on the roof represents everything you explained. <laughs> but he's nothing without the fiddle. It's true, because what's he doing up there if he don't got the fiddle? And a fiddle's a good symbol. <laughs> yes. And I just it felt like a good symbol for this. <laughs> For, for this movie. What is the Fiddler without his instrument? I agree. Well, <laughs> it's not as deep as Janai's Well, mm, you know, that's but, deep. but the fiddle, I mean, but that's the point, bro, because I, I actually really like that. Because the, the, the fiddle, you know, that is, maybe that's what he's holding on to. Maybe that's the thing he's grasping to. The Fiddler is, is holding on to the fiddle because it's, it's what is his truth. You know, maybe that's the thing that's almost slipping away. You know? So maybe the uh, fiddle symbolizes tradition, bro. You're a genius. You know, I think we should start doing a segment where we have Janiah make anything deep. I, I would love, <laughs> like, we just bring random stuff and have her break it down. Yeah. On the spot, though. On the spot. Because I think she no. can do it. <laughs> well, I, for one, think you're both full of crock. Oh, you want to know why you're both full of crock? Because I was like, they named this movie The Fiddler on the Roof. We see this doggone Fiddler three times. You know what? This is not the right title for this movie. And I know mm. that's been the title of this play in this wow. movie since when, sis? When did it come out? 71, but it's actually based on the stage musical that had been out before that. Right. Both of them wrong. Well then, what's your idea? Well, what do you think it should be called? Because right now you're just being negative. <laughs> I have no offer a solution. I don't have one. <laughs> but I tell you, this it shouldn't have been called that. <laughs> Maybe called tradition. You know, something else. And I think that a good symbol is 
but you said you, it can't be a person. But I feel like we've the had, symbol people. is Topol. What's his name in the movie? Tevi. His real name is Topol. Yeah. Tevi. I think Tevi. Because this movie is about him and all that he and he is going through. I think it should be Tevi is the symbol. Oh, and fun. namely the fun. one where he's I, inside I, the barn and he's like this. <laughs> I, I would like to strike that recommendation from consideration. Um, because you can't just pull out the main character and say there's a symbol. They are that's the not symbol. How this works. Yes, that's it not is. How any of this works. This is a man who is traditional, but he is also having to forge himself into getting out of tradition and question certain things. And even certain stuff that he says, oh, the good book says this. They are things that you made up, Tevi. These are not things that are actually in the good book. So even this man that is supposed to be so traditional is creating his own traditions in his own mind. Listen, correct me, correct me this, the name of this movie is really Tevi. I, I thought Tevi's tradition. Tevi's tradition. I, 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 I really thought that Might hurt I thought the whole concept of the fiddler on the roof and correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. I thought how did he explain the concept i thought well, he, he, he said saying, it at the beginning yeah he was saying that Janai said it tradition is shaky right no what? he said he said hold on i just had it pulled up he said he said without our tradition without our traditions our lives will be shaky as a fiddler, fiddler on the roof. roof right so i'm just saying that is what it was about. Mm-hmm. Because no. he... <laughs> well, sis, you, you really just gave me an opportunity <laughs> to share a factoid. That was, no. that was a I deep discussion we just had. I, just didn't, <laughs> I didn't know if this factoid was going to be... Crack, really like down, I said but... earlier. No. The title <laughs> actually comes from a painting oh. by a Russian artist, oh. Mark Chagall, and it's called The Dead Man. And it depicts a funeral scene and shows a man playing a violin on a rooftop. And it's also used by Tevi in the story as a metaphor for just trying to survive in a difficult, yeah. constantly changing world. You so, know. That but, makes it even worse. <laughs> all right, so... That doesn't help me. I don't want... I don't want We've been on the set this part. Can we Let's just, go with fiddle. Let's go with fiddle, Can bro. we just like do a fiddle, Brittany? Please... Fine, or we could do fuel and fiddle and the popcorn, whatever you want to do. This is fine. We could do the fiddle. <laughs> what, what is what is the popcorn called? No one knows. Anyway, fiddle battle, fiddle battle, popcorn. It's it's just not relevant. Um, that's fine. Do you eat popcorn when you watch a movie? It's always relevant. Okay. All right. Well, everyone's getting a. Sister. You're welcome. I'm li- I'm I'm not, I'm representing the people. Okay, <laughs> you two are representing you. I'm representing the masses. Right, people right. don't. They don't want that. The masses of people want it. Don't you want it? Do you hear the? Ah, yes, we want it. And I'm just like, you're welcome, masses. You're welcome, masses. I've been saying <sighs> everyone wants to say, <laughs> don't. Well, let's. Great, sis. Thank you. Um, let's <laughs> yeah. 
let's go with fiddle. All right. You know? And we're, you know, and, 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 and it works. It works. You know, it works. It is about the tradition. It's what we're holding on to, trying to against all odds. And, um, you know, the way that our podcast works is at the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. we will vote. And this movie, Fiddler on the Roof, is going to need to receive three fiddles in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective it could get zero it could get one it could get two but with if it's not three if it's not unanimous it's not going to be a classic from the right perspective. you're out of here it's not okay so let's do a recap and we always do a recap spoiler alert okay because our content is from what 1971 clearly it's old okay <laughs> so people don't remember or they haven't seen it in a while you know or they just are you know they just want to follow the podcast, but haven't taken in the content yet. And so we do a recap to make sure people can track the conversation. So let's walk through real quickly. So Fither on the Roof takes place in 1905 in the Jewish village of Anatevka, situated in the Russian empire. The movie centers around a Jewish man named Tevi, played by Topol, and his family, which includes his wife, Goldie, played by Norma Crane, and his five daughters, three of which are marriageable. Seitzel, the oldest daughter, played by Rosalind Harris, Hodel, the second daughter, played by Michelle Marsh, and Hava, the third daughter, played by Neva Small. They are a poor family. Tevi is a milkman, and all the women work in the home and tend their meager farm. Sometimes Tevi fantasizes about what it would be like to be a rich man with lots of lots of options for his life and, and for his family, but then he goes back to pulling his milk cart down the road to make his deliveries. Everyone in Anatevka is very big on tradition. They do the things they have always done in the way they have always done them because that is how they do them, okay? So imagine how hard it is on Tevi when his daughters begin to break some of the core traditions related to marriage. Traditionally, a matchmaker brokers a match. The potential husband and the father of the bride would negotiate, and then the daughter is then just told who her new husband would be. Seitzel, the oldest, begs to be released from the marriage that her father has arranged because she is already in love with the boy she grew up with. Tevi is in shock, but does grudgingly support her. Then his second daughter, Hodel, falls in love with the Jewish revolutionary that was just passing through. Not only does she accept his marriage proposal without her father's permission, she follows him to Siberia when he gets arrested during a demonstration in Kiev. Tevi is again in shock, but he grudgingly does give his blessing. The straw that actually breaks the camel's back is when his third daughter, Hava, not only picks her own husband, but the young man is not Jewish. This one, Tevi cannot abide. And when he doesn't give his blessing, Hava elopes and gets married in the Russian Orthodox Church. Tevi says Hava is dead to him. At the same time that Tevi and the town are grappling with all this loss of tradition, Jewish towns all across their region are being targeted by the Russian government. They're being terrorized and they're being expelled under force if needed. And suddenly it's on a Tevka's turn. Agents of the government set fire to the town, ravage the homes and businesses, and then tell the Jewish people they have three days to leave. Realizing they have nothing, they've done nothing to prepare themselves to fight, and that fighting would probably be a futile endeavor anyway, 
the whole village packs up everything they can carry on their backs and leave the only home they have ever known and head to various parts of Europe, Israel, and the United States. Tevi, his wife, and three of his daughters, the two youngest and the oldest, Zeitzel and her husband and child are heading to Chicago. They hope the second daughter might join them after her husband is released from incarceration in Siberia. <laughs> the third, Hava, and her husband, they don't actually have to leave the town because they're not Jewish, but they do so anyway as an act of solidarity. The movie ends with the people of the town receiving a prayer from their rabbi and then going their separate ways on foot. The end. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you know. And Bravo. I will say this, uh, and this is maybe a kickoff to the conversation. One of the things that we always talk about, about what qualifies a good musical as a good musical is if the songs in the musical move the story along. And I will say in writing the recap, there were parts of the story that were told through, through music. Strictly through the songs. Strictly through the yeah. songs. And so in that way, just in writing the recap, it was, it, was, it was checking off that box of like, was the music there for the sake of, or was it being, was it a meaningful tool for the storytelling. And I think it was. I don't know. What do you think, Bro and Sis? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, that was something I actually noticed. Just every song definitely had, there were certain songs that had information that wasn't even repeated outside of the it's song. True. It's true, which, And at the same time, it was all, in my opinion, musical level singing. So like, mm-hmm. When Topol is singing, it, not only is he telling part of the story, but just, you know, you feel the emotion of what he is yes. communicating. Like, I totally agree. He's, man, if I was rich, when he's giving right. you that emotion through the song, mm-hmm. if I wasn't rich, but. Like you can see him just fantasizing, mm-hmm. like, like yo, I, I would have to worry about none of this, mm-hmm. but I do though. <laughs> like, and all of that was happening in song. So yeah, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent it, it was definitely good from that perspective. Oh, for sure. I mean, you think about the song from the daughters when they are singing yes. about being a matchmaker. The song flows from like Sainz will being like, Are y'all crazy? Y'all want a matchmaker? And then all of a sudden they're all like, Okay, never mind, hold off. We're good to go <laughs> by the end of the song. And then you even have, which was one of my favorites, Sunrise Sunset. Listen, yes. I had that song placed at a different part in the movie. When I heard where it was and I listened to the words, I said, Oh, this is really a song just about how people are feeling as times are changing in a family mm-hmm. and what, you know, you know them from little kids. Now they're adults and they're getting married and they're just speaking about the emotions of what mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was just such a good song. I can um, listen to that song by itself. Totally. It was so good. Totally. Even right to the song where <laughs> the whole scene that they had, whenever, uh, to Kia, I'm saying his name wrong. Y'all know I'm be saying names right. Tevi ha- had to made up a whole nightmare to make sure that his daughter didn't get married to the butcher. Oh it was so funny. Yeah. I was like, you made up this entire nightmare out of nowhere. Just so she could be like, nope, it's not. The wife could be like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I was just laughing how the two of them were not malicious, not maliciously. Wait, wait, you you lost me real quick. We were um, talking about songs 
and connected to the, tell me how that, where was the bridge from songs to the dream? Oh, because that weren't, they were singing in that part of the dream. Yeah, the Tevi's dream was a musical number. It was a musical oh, number. Gotcha. It was. It did. Yeah, I'm there. I'm back with you. I'm about to say that. Oh, no. no I I, it had, that, was, had, that was actually one of the thought, largest musical numbers. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. number you're, 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 I performers. thought, in my head in the moment, I thought it was a scene with musical numbers. You're saying even the whole, the whole thing. I'm I with think you. It, Let's go. I think it was, you know, because I, um, and just for those who haven't seen it, to give a little bit more context of the part Brittany was just talking about, <laughs> it, you know, what has Brittany, don't lose that. that th- I want to hear the rest of that thought, but go ahead. And this it's is gone. something that we were, we were, we were texting about as so we were sorry. watching it at separate times because we really, <laughs> we all really enjoyed this scene. Um, Heavy has, uh, he has agreed to support his first daughter's decision to break tradition and pick her man, okay? Even though he had already done the work to negotiate her marriage. And then he's like- That was okay. not work. He took <laughs> shots with the butcher. Let's be clear <laughs> about- He had work. to walk he shook his hand, over Brittany. there. Uh-uh. Okay. He shook his hand. Full conversation. <laughs> there was okay. no work. Let's be very clear. <laughs> this, no little bi- this little busybody matchmaker lady. <laughs> little old lady just walking around the town taking people's- Okay, again, so she and her husband is dead, which she's happy about. And she is. Yo, when she read Old Girl's Letter, so I was like, this chick is off She's the so rude. She's, she's so walking around pretty. this town. She goes to the wife. Uh, what's the wife's name again? Goldie. Anna. Goldie. Goldie played she by goes Mama again and, uh, to Goldie. And, and Yenta, she tells by the her, way, is played by Molly Pacone. And, and Yenta goes to Goldie and is like, listen, the butcher thinks that title is cute. I, that's her husband. Okay. <laughs> then Goldie has to trick. Uh, uh, does the trick um, uh, Tevi into going to see the butcher, okay? Then they just get drunk and then shake hands. No, 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 no. Because at first time, Tevi went there and thought that he was going talking about a cow. (laughs) And that, the conversation was even worse because he was like, you're talking about your daughter like that. That was funny Listen, it was was, hilarious. That that was actually funny. Like, like the thing is, is, a lot of times in musicals, you have to, you know, it's a musical. So you, you got to be like, right, yes. you know, something's going to be a little corny, but it's corny in a good way. Yeah. But then there are sometimes that that conversation I felt like had actual comedic value. It absolutely When, when he it's was, because basically he's thinking he's talking about, like Brittany said, he's thinking about talking, you know, some of cow. And the guy <laughs> is talking about marrying his daughter. And they really wrote it in a way that both sides of the conversation made sense. You know what I mean? (laughs) And another reason why that little scene is really important is that they have this, um, this throughout the movie, there are moments where we get to hear Tevi's inner thought. Part of it is like the fiddler on the roof. That's Tevi's inner thought in his, his inner yeah. processing of a moment. But also there would have t- there'd be times where he would just look right to the camera and kind of like talk to us like, well, I guess I could go this route. If I do, here are the implications. If I go this route, here are the implications. So we get to see him tussling with something. I, I, he, there's a moment in that scene with the butcher where he's like, well, debating the pros and cons of, of marrying his daughter to this man and this 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 the butcher is actually wealthy he's wealthy considered wealthy in the village and so this is a this is a coup 
Like this is great news because his family is poor and he's going to have the opportunity to marry his daughter to a wealthy man. Now he is much older. He's probably more than twice Cypher's age. It seemed, like he was older. it seemed like he was older than him. He was older than he was older than Tevi because he actually yeah. said, you know, I've just been looking forward to my daughter getting married. Now, no, he said, I've been looking forward to having a son. I always thought I'd be older than him, but I know how to do right. Because his first wife passed away, which I'm like, I feel like if you're on round two, you don't get to get somebody that's 20. That's not you fair. You get whatever you, but that's Listen. the decision. The man just gets to pick. But even just, but I think which is important to point out, like you could be having a conversation about a cow and you could be having a conversation about a daughter and y'all are having the same Mm. conversation. And you can get pretty far before things need to get clarified. (laughs) Exactly. That's a problem. It's bartering goods, yo. And so what ends up happening is, Tevi, of course, tells his wife, Goldie, oh, we've got the match. Everybody is successful. It's excited. Okay. He then finds out that his daughter is not down for this arranged marriage. And she, you know, she has this guy she's grown up with. She wants to marry. And he, 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 he goes along with it. He's like, okay, maybe marrying for love is a thing. We never did it, but maybe it's a thing now. Okay. And he's like, how am I going to tell my wife? How am I going to tell Goldie that I don't support this marriage to this wealthy man, which was such good news. And so instead, he comes up with this whole lie <laughs> that one of the wife's ancestors came to him in a dream <laughs> and basically said that the guy that the daughter actually wanted to marry was the right guy. And in the dream, the dead wife of the butcher, who was who was the actual person he was supposed that Saito was supposed to be marrying. <laughs> Came back and said she was gonna kill. She Saito. was going to kill Saito. She was gonna haunt <laughs> her for. Her. And so she married up. her husband. Um, and it was so, they did so this messed whole up. Fantastical scene of this dream he was lying about. He just made it up, and the wife the wife fell for it. She <laughs> woke up. She was like, "No, we like we basically had to tell the budget they can't get me out." <laughs> I said, "But they." But what was so funny was watching her like. And it wasn't the, okay. That's what I was going to say earlier, bro. Watching her, they weren't maliciously manipulating each other, but they yeah, yeah, both yeah. at some point were manipulating each other. They, 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 knew, how get, they knew how to get results. Yes, it was so <laughs> totally. It was so funny. And that was and that. What was the movie? I, I'm blanking. I think it was. Um, it was a. It, it was one of the movies we watched from the fifties. Oh man, where. They would have these elaborate breakaway scenes where it was like these, it was one of the black and white ones. I think it was with, or earlier Technicolor. And they would have these musical numbers that were huge, but they just had nothing to do with the story. I'm trying oh, to- You mean Singing oh. in the Rain? I think it was Singing in the Rain. I, singing yeah, I, the I, rain. I think it was Singing in the Rain, but-, but I just but, went to our content planner and I looked down the 50s column. And you know, singing in the rain. <laughs> you know, you're very organized. I just, uh, I just wanted know. to tell you how I was able to get to that answer so efficiently. Thank, thank you. I know well, you really you. don't look at the thank content plan. I, I look at it religiously <laughs> every day. I pray to it. Dear content right. so, planner, help me to have a good day. <laughs> but I feel like this was the opposite of that in the sense mm. of like all of the breakaways. I really enjoyed how they used that as a device. Yeah. Like when he, 
every time he started talking, it kind of made me excited. Like when he turned mm-hmm. to the screen and he started talking, I'm like, yes. oh, okay, so this is going to be another one of his, like he's thinking. Yes. And, and like, that's how life works. You go through these complex thought processes pretty fast. You have to. And, and you know, while you're talking, but really all of that happened, you know, it could be a long conversation you have with yourself even if it happened in a moment and like to see how even they framed it how okay you could do something very simple to illustrate what's happening and you would just see the person he's talking in front of very far away so it's just like that photography was a great idea when you Mm -hmm. you break when he breaks into the thoughts where he's talking out his thoughts whoever he's talking to is like in the distance somewhere, yeah. even though he hasn't really Left moved away from them yeah. physically. But I'm just saying that's a great way to illustrate that. So, And exactly why this movie is called Tevi's Traditions and not Fiddler on the Roof. It's just not, it's just, just, it's not helpful or good. We're still the rhythm is still going. The rhythm is still going for me. The rhythm is still going. We haven't lost the rhythm. We haven't lost the rhythm. And I want to let y'all know this is this has been enhanced. The rhythm is still going. (laughs) Brittany, you mentioned the matchmaker character Yinta. Okay. As much as I am busybody, this little old lady's moments with heavy where we were just in intimate moments with him and his thoughts. I I truly enjoyed those. I also really, really enjoyed this busybody little lady just running around town, essentially doing whatever she wants. She comes over, literally, she comes over to Tevi and Goldie's house. And literally, she's chit-chatting with the wife and just puts all the baked goods that oh, he put out. She, she just put, put them all into her purse. She put them in her little knapsack. Unabashedly, and just took them <laughs> with her. And it was when she ask. forgot to tell her. She forgot to tell her what she came there for before <laughs> she did it. She was just about so, to leave. She, she <laughs> went to the post office, got somebody else's mail, handed it to them, and then told them what was in there. Yo, that, 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 that was the one that... It moved that character from being cute to me <laughs> to like I actually didn't like her after that. Like, not like, like, because up until then, I can't stand to title people like that in general. Yeah. But that's what you're supposed to feel. Yeah. But I'm totally. like, yo, she write her mail like that is. No, see, you're mad at the wrong person. We need to be mad at the postmaster. How yes. did you give her somebody else's? But imagine man. what power what she What is had. going on? But the, oh, when, when I'll it give was, it to her. Uh-uh. It was about her power. You know, if you're the matchmaker and this, you are the you are the channel. The only way that people get married this is, is true. if you have brokered it. She yeah. had a kind of yeah. social capital. Yeah. That, what would the postman do? Maybe the postman has a daughter that's up for getting married. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Okay, all right. You, you, okay. all right. you brought it back. You brought doing whatever okay. she wants to do. You're right. He does that, whatever that she wants. That is the point they were trying to make. That's the that, point. That's the, okay. Listen, right. which also speaking of, because I I want you all to notice how we're talking about the musical scenes, but it's taking us into just the actual movie yes that's all so that's just to show you how more powerful these the how important and how they place these musical scenes so well um another thing that makes me think of was during their prayer and how they were making sure they were getting ready um to be ready to do prayer and what is it called thank you sabbath prayer Mm -hmm. and just how beautiful 
the Sabbath prayer was where they were just praying blessings over their daughters and their family and all these different things. And so just getting an opportunity just to see them taking on that part of the tradition and that's still being important for their family. So Tevi getting that opportunity um, to have that. But even then there was a little bit of non-tradition because they had a stranger at one of their Sabbaths. It, it was a guy he just met that day. He was like, you don't have any place to do Sabbath? Come come home with me. We'll we'll make an extra place, you know, for you to be there. Um, so I just, I did appreciate that part as that well. that was breaking tradition. Wasn't that true tradition? Maybe, maybe so. It was just like, okay, this is just an extra well, person. I, gotta, someone I got to set up for, okay. Okay. But I feel for like any family. of us are, are grossly unqualified to, to recognize what exactly tradition. What were. I do Sabbath tradition all the time. <laughs> well, I will tell you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will tell y'all, I, I did do, uh, bro, you just gave me a natural segue to kind mm. of share. I did do like a little bit of Googling and I don't want to give any indication that I did an in-depth search. But I did wonder, like, as much as I was enjoying this movie and like, even like the Sabbath prayer scene, it was like, I just loved it so much. It felt so intimate. It felt so real. I was also acknowledging, I don't know the actual Sabbath tradition. Mm -hmm. And so I started to think like, what do Jewish people feel about this movie? You know, because I just reflect on us talking about West Side Story. Where we were just like, okay, maybe this is like, there are parts that are super fun to watch, but there are some pieces that are just actually not accurate and not accurate to the point that they're offensive, you know? And so I started to think, well, what if, what if I'm sitting here enjoying this and and (laughs) the actual Jewish community is saying, WTF, that ain't how Sabbath goes, you know? And so I started (laughs) Googling, like, how does a Jewish community feel about this movie, you know? And I got to tell y'all, I did not find anything that was like the way that if you Google about West Side Story, right, there's right, so right, many right. people kind of say, oh, it comes up immediately. This is, yeah. so much right. inaccurate. The casting is problematic. I didn't see a bunch of that. Now, I there were that. a couple of, um, you know, websites where they were basically doing some correction on like historical pieces where they were kind of saying like historically this is actually what happened, mm. you know? So they were, they were, you know, saying that there were some things that were inaccurate, but they were not saying there were things that were offensive. Yeah. And I, I was, I, and again, I, I can appreciate, I appreciate that, but I appreciate it. Yeah, from, from, the, from the cursory. And like you said, if you're, if you're Googling about West Side Story, it ain't it, no you question. Know, it's not hard it just, to see. It just comes up. What? I don't yeah. understand how people struggle with that. I and love, I, when, I love that, when Grecian people play Okay. Puerto Rican people, don't you love that? It's so great. Brit, Brit, Brittany's a little ornery today. Okay, it's still, <laughs> well, it's Dennis, so you actually, awesome. you actually no. gave me an opportunity. For but, you but, but I did. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. So I will give one more. Well, let me correct though. myself. Please. Okay. I, I don't want to go away from that. It point, was though. it was funny though that more so not the traditional parts. Let me take that back. But heard the mother just being like, "Okay, let me set another." <laughs> yeah. Let me set another play. Yeah. For these two yeah. extra people. Yeah, because for their family, their her, the husband just randomly bringing someone home. That was not, they were shocked by it. It didn't happen, you know, because they didn't get a lot of new people. That was yeah. something they had established early in the movie, that they didn't get a whole lot of new people to town that were in the Jewish community. There were other, uh, and then they were like, he was calling like the out, the others or like the outsiders right. that were coming, but their community was, 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 was set. You know, um, 
So I start again in this exploration of like, hmm, authenticity for this movie from the Jewish perspective. What is it? It turns out that the director, whose name is Norman Jewison, was brought into the project by executives at United Artists because they thought he was Jewish. And his first words to the executives upon meeting them were, you know, I'm not Jewish, right? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So do you see how he got brought in? Because they just had a misconception. Part of me is like, well, I appreciate the attempt to find, you know, someone Jewish who could, who could pull the story to life. Um, they weren't successful. Um, but obviously, whatever he did come up with, the community is not, again, just apparently offended from a cursory research you know the director at least he was sensitive at least he was sensitive that's what's important that's important wow that is bananas you know i'm just last name yeah i mean like one thing that was interesting to me about this anytime i'm watching it's interesting how however accurate it is Whenever somebody's telling stories like this, there are universal truths that you can relate to regardless. And the concept of one generation looking at it one way Mm. and the next generation questioning that, I feel like that must, like there must be some truth to that in every, you know, like it probably varies by, you know, um, uh, degree, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But just that, well, why do we do this? Why do we do that? You know, mm-hmm. and realizing that there are some good things about the tradition and mm-hmm. just that constant, well, let's take what's good, polish it. Let's, let's, you know, grow now that we got more information. Um, I feel like that's something we all, uh, can relate to, you know, like, Absolutely. and, like one of my favorite albums of that I've ever listened to is Jagged Little Pill by Lannis Morissette. I love that album. And the reason why I love that album, I feel like she illustrated to me what it's like to be a Catholic girl growing up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like with which is what you would think would be a pretty diametric Very far from your experience. From my experience. But <laughs> at the same time, it is. <laughs> but but here's the thing though, like when she's thinking about like when you're immersed in a certain you know type of Whatever upbringing, you yeah. start feeling rebellious. You start feeling like like you know you want to do, and it's like it might not be the same, but the emotion comes from the same place, and I I get it. And I'm just saying, I felt like that watching this i felt like totally i don't know how accurate this is but the way the story's being told it just speaks to like we have these universal truths that yeah i feel like everybody you know deals with and encounters and, and this is just an illustration of that i agree with that bro and you you know one of the things that struck me and again it's, it, it is a, it is a truth to me you know, when you are well steeped in a thing, you in many cases are the most qualified to question it because you know it, you understand it. So you can really start to, to question it. And, you know, the the fact that all of Tevi's daughters, all three of them 
understood tradition, but still wanted to chart their own path, there's something that's almost, I mean, in some ways it makes him even more successful in teaching them mm-hmm. tradition because they were also somehow nurtured to be empowered enough to kind of say, I have a different opinion, you know? Um, and his whole family, all of his daughters breaking the tradition, not one, all of his marriage age daughters it's like he did there's in some ways he did something right there, you know, because help them have them their think. own minds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about, but even with that, you still got an opportunity to see Tevi and Goldie have a conversation in a moment to say, we love each other. Tevi and Goldie, they didn't meet Another each other until the day that they got married. That's right. And so just seeing them having a question, he was like, because after listening to his daughters talk about love, he was questioning the concept of love. And he's like, you know, Goldie, do you love me? And she's like, what? I do this for you. I do that for you. You know, of course. Like, but they really had to stop and have this conversation. And it was just them naming that they do love each other. Even if they're, but they had a traditional type of way that they were put together. So it was showing that, you know, both of them both can work, right? And the last line of that song is like, you know, it doesn't change a thing um, to know that we love each other. They're saying it for the first time, right? And the last line of the song says, it doesn't change a thing, but after 25 years, it's nice to know. Yes. It's a, and, and, it was so beautiful. I'm just glad I'm just glad you brought that love. up, sis, because I do think that was a really powerful part because it was the thing is you're not saying the tradition doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because clearly it was successful in Absolutely. this instance. That's right. These two people are loyal to each other. They produced three successful children. And they obviously support and know each other. And they've even learned how to work within the context of each other. Like they manipulate each other. That (laughs) it might've been a thing that they wouldn't have got married if they knew this about each other and they had a choice, but it's like, no, but we figured out how to to communicate and how to work it. And I'm just saying that works too. So it's it's like you're not taken away from either way of 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 finding you know your yourself or finding your partner, Mm -hmm. but and you can understand that. Look, of course he's committed to it because it's been working in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is producing families, it's producing outcomes and kids, and this is how it's working. But at the same time, it's just like. Yo, you trying to have somebody? She's he's three times her age. Right. Like, like, and I, and you know, even coming from a dude is like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not gonna raise my eyebrow until it's extreme for a man to date a young woman. I mean, I'm not. It's not immediately gonna, but I mean, good gracious, like this dude was old, old. Like that's not he like, was. like I mean, there's you. Seeing them walk down the street, nobody's going to think they're a couple. Even that is your I got to imagine that even is back your then, pop pop. Even back then, like you know, that's your pop pop. 
I, you know, I was the part of what you're talking about in that dynamic between <laughs> Goldie and um and Tevi was whenever Saito's husband, what was her husband's name? Um he got he is a he sews and um he he got a new machine, a new sewing machine. Yeah. And, you know, everyone in the town was coming to see it. And I can't remember quite why, but Goldie and the two young, their two youngest daughters have went to go see the machine. And then and Tevi was not with them. And they were leaving out the house. Right. And Tevi was just getting there. And she, the white Goldie was like, Tevi, it's time to go. <laughs> He's like, we gotta go. <laughs> Tevi went into like this conniption. I am the man. I am going to see this. You're not gonna rush me. Da-da-da-da. And so she just stands there. Her and the daughters need to stay quiet. He goes into the house for two seconds and he comes back out. Now we can go. Now we can go. The Taylor, his name was Model. Taylor, that's the word. His name was Model. And he eventually married Title. And he was played by Leonard Frey. Oh, goodness. He was so good in that role. (laughs) He did such a good job. He was making me mad a little bit, though. I was like... If you would just say something that you would have married her. Yeah, I do. But Saito was so Because it's about breaking when you respect the tradition so much. Yeah. But you're feeling compelled to break it. That's a hard thing to that overcome. Is hard. You know? And so I, again, it was like, you were watching him like, get some spine, brother. Dude, <laughs> say it, say it. Yeah, and you know. But, but he's overcoming he wants- not just the relationship with the father. He's overcoming, year, you know, hundreds of years of tradition. Is it? <laughs> And, and he's not and, qualified. And, he's like, I don't have money. I don't have yeah, anything to uh, offer. Yeah. What is what my package is not attractive, you know? <laughs> All I have is like, love. And love has not ever been enough. Mm, that listen. They and started here's, but, and that was the other, that was the other. I'm just so like watching this. I, I felt like it's very relevant. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing: when you talk about marriage and partnering up. I do think, and I don't want to get deep into this, but I do think that the idealistic part has gotten a little heavier over time. And basically, there's also a practical part that you need to think about when you're considering partnering with somebody. And it was just the transition that they're talking about of from mixing the practical with, you know, the love and everything. But it's like, Basically, that character was like, you know, if you go just full love, right, without a plan, like, that's not good either. But at the same time, like, let's not be married to somebody who's three times my age. You know, it's, it's just this, just because they're rich. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just it was feel more like. About, it was like opening. It was basically saying there's no one recipe. You know, it's like one daughter fell in love with somebody she grew up with. One daughter fell in love with somebody who was a revolutionary coming through town. Okay. And she was challenging him. him. She was challenging him at certain parts. Like you said this, but X, Y, Z, W, she was standing on her own and he was able to go, you know, he was a little smooth. He came near and started making her dance on the hillside. I said, I see what you're doing there. And then the third daughter left her religion for a guy. Yeah. she met you know she allowed herself even to be courted by this guy that wasn't jewish she knew he wasn't jewish you know um and she allowed herself to be courted by him so it was if, if it was saying anything about the the recipe it was saying there is no recipe you there know there's one. no one way because because the, the the arranged marriages work but so did 
I'm now married to this guy I met on the street. Okay, and this is working out just fine. You're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, go ahead, bro. No, I was just saying, you mentioned the dancing, and that was another thing that was really good. Like, the the um scenes where, I, I don't know what the name of it is, but that specific kind of dancing with the guys, that- At the bar. Well, they, I think there was two really big scenes. There was one at the bar. I think the other one was at the wedding. So kind of- Okay, the one at the bar, the song was To Life. Okay. But I thought there was um, another, I'm blanking. I felt like there was two scenes where they had really, they were like, the guys were Yeah, the, the wedding celebration had the bottle dance. Yes, okay, yeah, so it's the wedding. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about in a musical. Like, watching something that, like, yo, that is impressive, the way you're doing that. Yes. Like, in real life, like, in real life, that's it. There's no cinematography, like, making you be able to do this dance. Like, you actually had to learn how to do that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, like we talk about in Greece, where it's like, first of all, what we're not gonna do, okay, is disrespect Greece. Not disrespect the Greece. Uh, we're not going to disrespect Greece. Hold on. I'm saying I can do all the dances. I feel like. Uh, I okay, I want to see what you do with a lambda lamb and a dinga dinga dong. Okay, I don't think you can. I, believe, I don't think you can I do what a lambda lamb and a dinga dong. No, you don't. Now, I, I don't believe know how I can master any of the dances in a good 30 minutes. But, yeah. <laughs> I want to see you slide on the floor on your knees and get back up and then start twirling. <laughs> when you do that. And you know what was so whack about that? They thought it was way more impressive than it was. Which don't. made it even worse. All right, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Debbie's tradition is making y'all lose y'all minds. <laughs> I, I'm just so happy that we're celebrating the quality of the dance. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because, so good. Um, and then, and this is this is the double whammy. Okay. Not only so the thing you were talking about, bro, the to life scene. Um, you know, Tevi has just negotiated um, with the butcher. They, he's now his daughter's getting married. They go into a bar to celebrate with all the men. So now all the men of the town know before the daughter even knows who her betrothed will be. Okay. The, all the men are celebrating a marriage is going to happen. And what is so good is that not only is a good singing, not only is a good dancing, the storytelling, because they actually use that scene to have the, um, the Jewish people dance in their traditional way. And then they have the um, the, the Russian the, soldiers. Yes, they have the the, the other pe- the people that are like calling the outsiders. You know, um, that we get to see their dance traditions. And then what happens at the end? They dance together. They respect each other's different dance movements. So it was mm-hmm. a part of the story of like, yeah, we're coexisting here, you know, and we're 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 doing it peacefully for the most part. And it was we're all learning each other's and, traditions. We're respecting each other's traditions. And to speak on that. They started dancing men and women at the wedding. That's it was, right. it was also, you know, because another story storytelling point yeah, of embracing the change in tradition. Also showing that look, change is gonna happen. It's happening. Listen, I know they were looking at Tevi like, hold up. First of all, your daughter's married for love. 
First of all, you broke an engagement. Your daughter's married for love. And, and now, now I got men and women's dancing at the wedding. And now we y'all are tripping. <laughs> like, like you can feel if you can feel a different version where somebody was like where you can hear the old black lady gossiping. If it was a if it was a different culture. <laughs> yes, My yes. girl, not only uh, okay. did they marry for love, uh, number one, they broke uh marriage. Uh, 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 engagement, and then they was dancing at the wedding. Girl, men and women. <laughs> Wait, that's what dancing Yinto's together. doing. But that's what Yinto did the next day, for sure. You know that's what Yinto was. Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> you know Listen, what happened, but you ain't heard you, it from me. That's essentially which, you heard it from me. <laughs> which happened at that wedding, which was showing this hard, the hard part, right? which was in the movie, if you ever, back in the day when it was on VHS, this is where the intermission happened. <laughs> and you had to start watching the second How VHS. Um, Aubrey, I'm a little older. And so <laughs> just to teach, I'm a little older, just teach. Um, but it was, so, but watching this during this part, um, you're finding out just throughout the movie that there is some pressure by the Russian government on the Russian shoulders, soldiers in Anatevka to basically assert power and to do some sort of shenanigans to the town, um, which was to basically, like Janai said earlier, burn down things, tear stuff up, just really, you know, start some ruckus. The person who is over the Russian soldiers in that city, he is friends with the people there. He has good rapport with them. He doesn't have their, their, he knows that everybody is just doing what they need to do to live life. They're following their traditions. They're not bothering anybody. They're not bothering each other. They're not out here just doing things foolishly. Mm. They're living life. And so the Russian soldier, he knows that and he's become very fond of them. But he has okay, to fulfill. The constable played by Louis Zorick. The constable, he has been given a directive. Mm-hmm. Either you do it or we go do it. Mm-hmm. And so representatives knows, from the czar's office comes to him and say, do you like these Christ killers? And he's like, things have been peaceful here. So he, literally they are telling him to move in a hatred that he does not feel. He does not feel. Now, some of the soldiers that are there feel that way, but for what reason? There's no reason for them to feel that way. They just feel that way because they've been told to feel that way. So at any rate, they know they have to do something. The constable knows he has to do something. And he warns Tevi. And he lets him know. He says, this is after he was drunk celebrating an engagement that didn't happen. Uh, at the bar that night, he says, you know, basically there are some things that are going to happen. I it, I, I am good with you. I, I, you know, I appreciate you. Like, this has nothing to do with you all, but it's just business, basically, that I have to do these certain things. Long yeah, story. Because that, that's the... Frankly, and I have to say, we all do it. I would say, we all you know, do it. There are times, like I think about my work, you know, as you're talking, bro, you know, I'm thinking about the work that I do. You know, I'm a consultant mm-hmm. for, 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 you know, social justice organizations. I, and the leaders of these organizations have engaged me to come and do something. This is scope of work. And that work has to be done. And it's not about my opinion about things many times. I make mm-hmm. recommendations. But there have some been some decisions that have been made. There's some work that needs to be done. And then I have to do it. It's not my opinion. 
You know, sometimes, and sometimes it, it, it isn't, I don't agree. Right, right. But the work, it still has to be done. And I think that there was a way the constable, in a way the constable was trying to save the Anatevka by making sure that he and his soldiers did it. Yeah. Because he's like, I know if I would have let Totally. Right, right, right. This would have been like, far no, worse. Let me do it. Let me right, do right. It. So at least I can control it. Minimal, yeah, as much as I can. Know. Something. Yeah. And so they and, and actually, he even admitted it. Yeah. Like, like at the end, it's like, look, man, it was almost like he was just saying, like, I I'm just, just in an, I'm in an impossible. Totally. What do you want me yeah. to do? Yeah. And he and Tevi doesn't say a thing because he's like, okay. You you literally got it. you ain't have you ain't have no choice. Looks like I don't either. My my daughter's wedding's now been burnt down by you and your people. What so, do I here we so are? So now I can't even now even with Tevi, he can't even like have a like or a respect for him anymore because now I have to choose sides and I'm going to choose my people, mm-hmm. regardless of what you do. But they choose the wedding to be the night that they do that display. Mm-hmm. And they come in, they destroy mm-hmm. the wedding, they tear up their gifts yep. that they just got. Now you all remember, this is not some rich village. Mm-hmm. So anything that they're giving them, they're giving them honestly out of their lack, right? Out of what they have. So they're yep. giving them pillows and a really nice blanket and a nice bed and, you know, um, chickens from her ex-fiance. You know so <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the tea, okay? That's the tea gave to Max Chicken. So he anyway. Was <laughs> he was salty, by the way. He was so mad, which, which was also funny. I appreciate yes. that because <laughs> if they had not given us a chance to see the butcher react to the fact that the marriage contract had been broken, I that to me would have been a gap I would have named in the story. Yeah. yeah. They allowed yeah. us to see him react, which I needed them to do. I was so Listen. happy when they did it. I yeah. love when you see, seeing them argue was funny. Yeah. It was so funny Another because right now comically written, very well, comically written scene It's so because we all think that ugh, my situation or my family or this is the worst. We all can have those moments. But then when you get a chance to look and it's like this is at the reception. This is a fun time. We're supposed to be having a good time. And y'all up here arguing about this. Just give me your word. And I push, <laughs> that pusher was trying to hold his tongue. He was trying so hard. He was just <laughs> He tried so hard. He could not. He didn't hold it. And but you know, they came another... through and they tore up all of their stuff. Tore everything up. I mean, destroy it. And then all Tevi could do in his anger, he was talking to God like, really? Like, seriously, this is where we're at? Mm-hmm. And Yo, he, I was feeling um, those emotions. Man, it was so raw. And then he just, all you could do was say, clean up. Mm-hmm. So you have Saito there in her bridal gown. And the family, they're just, they're cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Because what else do you do? What else do you do in that moment? You clean up and you keep it moving. Okay, even, factoid time. Oh, every time were, that Topol is talking to God, mm-hmm. he's looking at, he's talking to a white ball on the end of a stick that's oh. held out of camera range. It's not interesting. 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 I love, I love knowing that. these little like some, some, some the focus tricks. On. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you, like, I know this is a musical and everything, but I was really feeling that way at the end because like after. Ooh. Like I really felt the emotion when they invaded the wedding. Absolutely. Because it was just like I feel like that's something that all of us experienced at at some point was just like what else you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, like, Like there are certain things that are so 
unjustified. But at the end of the day, what else? She, you like, have to keep living. Like what, you what, have to keep going. What, what else are you gonna do? Like there, there are things you encounter that, and you just think like objectively, what I just dealt with was wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to fix it. I just have to move on. Or, or you play in the parameters of it. You do what you can to be in the parameters. Yeah, of I mean mm-hmm. that you cannot change what, your life. What I, okay. Because when they went through that, because when they first told them to leave. And they went through that thought process. At first, it's like, nah, we're going to fight. You know, it's like, it's like fight who? Like, what, right. what you going to go right. take your, your broom and go swat the tank? Like, what are you going to do? Like, and then I have a quote that- from that. Tevi was like, they were, they were de- making this debate about like, you know, we know our time is going to be up. We know they're going to come for our village at some point. We need to get ready to fight. And then, and then. Somebody is saying we should fight an eye for an eye and a tooth for the for a tooth. And then Tevi says, and if we did that, then the whole world would be blind and toothless. That's right. Mm. That's right. So and, good. And, mm. and and the thing is, is that since we've all felt, you know what I mean? Just I just felt like that was a scene that everybody, you know, at Absolutely. the end, and even think about how like you're breaking these families up. But it's not even like we experience it from the sense of Brittany lives in Pittsburgh, Janelle lives in New York, I live in Atlanta. We see each other physically pretty often. Well, video, we see each other at any moment. We could just pick up the phone, bang, you know, start a video chat between the three of us. But like being broken up on this level is like, we're not going to see each other in that time period. Or or I may never see you again. Just, just for something I had no control over. I'm just saying, I, it was a heavy scene to me. Mm-hmm. In the mix of a musical that had whimsy and all of that, but the story was actually a good story that was taking you through the journey mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. especially at the end. See, bro, mm-hmm. you're talking about something that I love when I get a chance to see it in a movie, a musical, you know, whatever genre it is. But it's human. I love when I can see Man. human. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, well, you all know one of my, which is probably not the best Christmas movie because people make people, make people sad. But The Family Stone is one of my favorite movies. And it is because it, ta- it shows such a human moment in this, in the movie. And how life has to continue has in to. spite of something that is tragic happening. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you don't, you're, you're, you can never prepare for tragedy. You, like can. you can try. That's what it is. You just, you can't prepare for yeah. it. And so when you're in the moment of it, you just have to pick up the pieces where you can little by little and keep moving That's and it. make the next plan that can, okay, right. I thought that my next steps were going to be this. Now my next steps are not what it, what have you. But even when it's coming by force, which that we can get into a whole nother conversation mm-hmm. of the powers that be, mm-hmm. right? How people who are on the smaller end of something happening and how you, it's just, you can't do anything about it. You can't, you can't do anything about it. You're just there. It's like one of those things where my one friend, she says it all the time. She's like, oh, the rich, um, 
uh, sneeze, but like the poor catch a cold. Like it's it's just one of these mm. things where it's just like you can't do anything about it. Mm. And so it it's just this larger conversation that was happening in this musical. But I appreciate the musical being able to still give you a sense of hope at the end. They did. You were like, yeah, it was because it wasn't. It was like away. tragic hope. Yeah, yeah, like like it's not taken away from. The situation is messed up, period. But it was like, but these people are persevering. Mm -hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna keep going. And I believe they saw each other again at some point. Mm -hmm. I like that they showed the it was a little seed of acceptance of the marriage. Yes. Outside of the faith. It was at least a little. Yeah, he gave a, he gave. He, so t- at the very end, when the daughter who has married um, a Russian Orthodox man and is no longer Jewish, she's left her religion behind. Tevi had essentially, t- he said, you're dead to me. He had not talked to his daughter. Um, her and her husband, they leave town in solidarity with the Jewish people, even though they don't have to leave. And she stops by to say goodbye to her family. And the father, he still won't talk to her. He's not making eye contact. But he does ask his, he does give her a blessing through one of his yeah. other daughters. Yeah. And so you have this glimmer of like, they're going to reconnect. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like, cause when, if they show up with that baby, Tevi is, come on, man. Like, like, yeah. like, you, you show up with your grandma, his grandbaby. It's I don't see him. You're not going to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him fighting through that. Like, yeah. And he's I just too family oriented. oriented. Like, like, yeah. And I will say this, something I think that I don't think anyone talks about and I think is very important to note. Tevi is strong, okay? Tevi is strong, y'all. Tevi was, he was dragging their house on his back down a mud road like he was a horse. I was like, Tevi, that's not like one or two things. First of all, it's a wooden uh a carriage. That's number one. That's already heavy. That's number one. Okay. That's an animal's pulling that normally. And then all that stuff was on there. I was like, I don't know if this was a point. I don't know where this is, but I think we all need to say this man is strong. Okay. Oh, well, well, when, when his horse, he was like, my horse is lame. He went and dropped the horse off and grabbed it. Uh, he said, I still have to make my milk delivery. <laughs> I would have just been done for the day. I would have said, oh, no we don't have no other horse. We can't borrow one. He asked oh, for no PTO. <laughs> no, he didn't touch mm-hmm. to a cow or nothing. He just was like, hey, it's on me. I said, oh, no, Teddy. Yeah. That is heavy. No. That's funny. Uh-uh. Yeah, that, that is strong, strong. That's why, you know, honestly, that's why uh, the one, the seamstress, uh, I mean, uh, Taylor, what's his name? Anyway. Mo- modal, model, yes. Mo- but like, yeah, you could just tell he had that respect. You know, it's like he was a little. I mean, he was definitely was getting on my nerves. But <laughs> it's just like, yo, can you imagine? Yeah, like yeah. Tevi would pro- like rip that dude in half. <laughs> you know, it, it's he had respect for Tevi on a bunch of different. It's like number one, the faith. Number two, you're the father of the one I want to marry, but. 
Number three, you be dragging wagons that horses drag. So yeah. <laughs> you could have beat my ass. Yeah, I'm gonna be dead if you want to kill me. To, like the physical strength, there is a mental strength that yes. she had because yes. one of the things that keeps certain traditions, especially the ones like the male dominance traditions, that some one of the things that keeps those in place is like a fragility of ego. You know, the kind of says, if I'm not situated here, then everything is off, you know, and for him to be able to be strong enough to say, "Mm, I'm, you know, I can get over myself enough to let my daughters have some autonomy, you know, it shows a mental toughness, you know, that people around him might not have had. You know, he was he, and he and he had given that to his daughters enough that they could, you know, raise questions and try to assert their own thinking. Well, you men know? have daughters that gotta think a little differently now, especially when you got five of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got five daughters, your life, your perspective is starting to be shifted just a teens when you start having five. <laughs> Five daughters in your house that will eventually become women. Mm-hmm. And then you, you have five daughters. Looking at you're a poor man. You know, all of those things put him in a very unique view mm-hmm. of the world. Absolutely. And they built this character in a way that we could see the results of that. You know, he was thinking like a man that had five daughters. He was thinking like a man yeah. that was in an oppressed group, in the oppressed group of the oppressed group. You know? <laughs> Like, I'm at the bottom of the barrel here and it it's I'm, it's causing me to question things. Yeah. Cuz something here the math ain't math it. Right. You know. Even in his song if I were a rich man he was talking about you know how his wife would be and how she would be able to have like you know she would be plump and be able to have like rice or something like he was saying and all these different things that he was just naming about what this life would look like if he was able to take care of his family in a different way. But with that being said, none of them wanted for anything. Mm-hmm. None of them what they love. Mm-hmm. They never were hungry. They love their father. They love their mother. They were so happy to see him whenever he would come home. Mm-hmm. They, they knew that, and <laughs> which was funny as well, even though he's like, I am the man. He was still a little bit of putty in all of their hands. That because just as a a good father will have with their daughter with his daughter, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 I, I I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine because because I you know, like we joke about often, you know, I had a much different experience growing up than you two, but like <laughs> we had a very all of our growing up was the same, but it was also different in a, in a lot of ways of just, but yeah, you know, like. When you're, you know, you looked out at your little daughter. <laughs> She's like asking, like, how do you say no? And all this? Totally, <laughs> it's, totally. It's, how it's can tough. you continue to construct a world where women are subordinate when you have brought women into the world? You know, it's well. I mean, I, I, don't look at it quite like that. But I'm saying, I, I'm saying, as far as. You just want your daughter to be happy. You know what I mean? And like, 
It's just odd. It's not, it's not saying that you don't want your son to be yeah. happy too. But it's oh, like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, but like, you, you totally. want your son like, to be happy, you know, but, the, yeah. But well, I will. I have a I have a factoid on the mom yeah. on the the mother Goldie played by Norma Crane. She was suffering from breast cancer during production. Mm. Wow. And she actually died two years later. This was her last. Oh year. man. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was a depressing factoid. Yeah, that's one's gonna bring you down. Yeah, no. Um, you know. <laughs> and we're wrapping up tonight. Why would you I know, bring... but but I just it's almost like I wanted to share that just to celebrate no, that, yeah. her. You know, no, yeah. no really, that, that, that is because she did not. I mean, she gave she it, it. I, for I her last performance. Was yes, really great. She, yeah, she played so it. well. I think that she did something that a lot of people don't like to discuss, where it's like you have this woman. She is a strong woman and you have to be when you are living in a village where you're milking your own cows and feathering the feathering chickens and doing all these different things. But just in life, when you are having someone, you need someone that's going to be able to be a partner. Mm -hmm. And so she was just as strong as heavy in her own way. Absolutely, She wasn't disrespectful. She wasn't any of these things, but she, so I, I look at how you have this strong woman who is still yielding to tradition. She's still being respectful. She's doing these things, but she's also understanding that, listen, we can't always say yes to, no, mm -mm, I have to disagree with you on that. And for whatever reason, I'm not going to be rude to you, but I need think we need to think about this in a different way. And if I'm saying something to you, yeah, it's going to seem like nagging, but we also need to get it done. So I'm just thinking about just this dynamic, but then you're raising up five daughters, right? Then you have Tevi, who is, I'm raising up these five daughters, but I can't have them ignorant of the world. So then I find this man who he is going to school and he knows these different things. And so now he's like, listen, I'll pay you if you teach my daughters. And so I'm thinking about just that dynamic of you raising these five people in this dynamic of just strong parenting. You're going to have five strong personalities that are going to look at the world and don't respect tradition, but also I'm teaching you and raising you in a way that's probably a little different than everybody else. Why? Because there are, I have to, I have to build you strong enough to withstand whatever is going to happen. And in this case, that is moving across the world. So I can't have someone who is weak-minded and we're literally having to leave everything we know. Not that that was the goal, not that they knew that that would happen, but it's just in a circumstance where it's like, I need to keep you strong and understanding and just life period. So anyway, but just her character matched with Tevi's character. Like they, they just were, I just appreciated their dynamic. I really did. I really did. Just a strong couple. And That's what we're true. talking about here is a That's cast true. that this is a lot of characters that we actually got to know. Like we, 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 these, these people weren't just, even if they didn't have a ton of lines, we met these people and they gave us enough of these, these, these characters that we, we know them, you mm -hmm. know? So we could now guess about the conversations these characters would have because we know them and it was yeah. everyone, you know, we got to know all of those three older daughters. We got to know their personalities. We got to know the personalities of their suitors, 
you know, they gave us just enough. Um, even as we were meeting the other people in the village, you know, we met some of the other men, you know, um, uh, we got to spend a little time with the rabbi and some of his, you know, main circle. <laughs> we met them. Those so questions that we're asking that rabbi. To develop <laughs> all of these characters so well. I mean, maybe you do need three hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to flesh out the way <laughs> it was, did a great job it had to be, that. it had to be long. Yeah. I did, there wasn't parts I felt like were wasted. It's like true. sometimes when you're watching a three-hour movie, you're like, you could have took this out, you could have yeah, this out. Yeah, totally, totally. But I didn't feel that. I, I felt like all the they time. They didn't waste any money. Yeah. They didn't waste any time. Yeah, I, I felt like it was I, all I necessary. Did, I did feel the three hours, though. Yeah. I know y'all said y'all didn't feel the three hours. It just kind of went on by for you. I felt the three hours. I'm I saying I was expecting was to feel it, but I just didn't. Yeah. It was when the movie was in, getting close to the end, I had to pause to go to the bathroom or something. I was like, oh, it's almost done. And I and I didn't realize that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but that's what because even movies like like My Fair Lady, which are long. I don't feel like time was wasted, but I still kind of feel it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there are mm-hmm. certain scenes you're like, all right, this is a little stretched out. But I felt like this was an epic movie that mm-hmm. was covering not only this these relationships, but we're covering a switch in the times. We're covering, you know, war. We're covering so many things oppression oppression like you you had between love and tradition you know you had to flesh it out for ties being tested so i'm okay with a long movie as long as as long as you're not feeling at a moment like all right why is this happening yeah you know well i i gotta tell y'all i have one more little cinematography little factoid to share. All right. Okay. So to get the look of the, and I'm, and I love to use the IMDB, um, you know, trivia pages. This, so this is where this is from. It says to get the look he wanted for the film, director Norman Jewison told director photography, Oswald Morris, who was famous for shooting color films and unusual styles to shoot the film in an earthy tone. And Morris saw a woman wearing brown nylon hosiery and thought that's the tone we want and asked the woman for the stockings on the spot. And he shot the entire film with a stocking over the lens. And it says the weave can be detected in some scenes. I almost want to go back and look. Yes. And I'm going I'm to definitely watch it. Because it's free on YouTube. It. <laughs> it's free on YouTube, by the way. I don't but know how long that'll be, but it's free with ads. And now, <laughs> now we would just pick like Sapia. You know what I mean? But anyway, but they, this is how did he accomplish it in the day? He put a stocking over the lens and shot the whole film that way. All I'm saying is, sir, you probably could have ran to your local grocery store and just got a new pair. Brown sugar. That's fine. Yeah, he could have got a new pair of brown sugar. You didn't have to get him with her sweaty little hashtag, leg. Hashtag eight, 80s babies. It's a, it's a, little, <laughs> a little something. A little bit bare you know, skin. It's an mm-hmm. American film. What, where did y'all think this was shot? Did y'all think this was, like, did you guys put any thought into where are they shooting this? You know, no. I did think that it was shot um, somewhere in Europe. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, this is the Netherlands. Like, I just... I, I thought to, I just assumed yeah. that it was shot somewhere I, like that. Because a lot of the period stuff we watch, the sets, oh, great paintings. 
but those aren't real trees back there, yeah. you know. But there was something in this one that it's felt, all right. I, I still feel like the, cold when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but so this one was filmed at Shepperton Studios in England and on location in Yugoslavia. Oh. And so, and again, I read that factoid after, but it makes me want to go back to see, you know, which parts look set-ish and which parts look like they were actually maybe in a town, mm, you know, yeah. filming in Yugoslavia. So that would be interesting just to know yeah. that and go back and see it, go back and watch it again. That's good. Well, I think well, we talked it I out. Think we, totally. I think oh. we talked it out. Take us to the <laughs> vote, bro. Yeah, this will definitely get my fiddle. I, I've really enjoyed this. I'm, I feel like, I know I've watched it. I really do. I mean, I know I've watched it at some point because, I mean, it was just on so much, but I really felt like I, I didn't remember anything but the songs. And I feel like it's one of those stories that's always going to be relevant. Anybody could get, you know, a piece of it. And as a musical, it was tight. The cinematography, the music, the dancing, everything was tight. The story. And, and yeah, so it definitely gets my fiddle. Yeah. And for me, I mean, the fact that we're talking about going back to watch it again when yeah. it was three hours in this day and age, that tells you what you need to know. You yeah. know, like I, I I actually really would watch this again, you know, and um, I, like I will watch this again. And the other thing I will say is, um, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, we had, um, you know, a level of insight into the Jewish community. It was just by nature of, you know, our network and our community and our friendships and our neighborhood. Um, and so, you know, I also appreciated this as movie as a way for me to have some insight a little bit more into that community. And then, um, you know, I'll just keep it real, y'all. They're um, my, one of my favorite shows of all time, The Nanny. Okay, with Fran Drescher. I mean, I'm well on the record as this is like one of my favorite shows of all time. I love that show. I still, I know, have seen every episode a bajillion times and I still will go and just turn on the episode of The Nanny on YouTube and just watch mm. the whole thing. And I just love it so much. And all throughout that show, they're making references to this movie. Mm. Okay. They are constantly like calling people a yenta. Okay. The, you know, anybody who's trying to like matchmake or like be in the business. Like anybody who's like a busybody, they call uh, it Yenta, you know. Um, and so I gotta say, you know, I feel like I'm now gonna appreciate the nanny, some of the show episodes of the nanny even more because I've now watched this. That's interesting. Really yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was well done. I thought the writing was really good. I thought the acting was just really, really good. And um, you know, not one weak singer in the bunch yeah. every single dancing i mean that... this one little ballet scene between um it was with the youngest daughter mm. you know and it was just like do that thing girl anyway so it was just the dancing was just truly well done yeah. as well and so i and i'm going to tell you all i was looking for i was actively looking for story gaps i was so like when when we were at the wedding and we hadn't yet seen a reaction from the butcher about the fact that his marriage contract had been broken, I was like, how are they going to just take us to the wedding without us seeing a confrontation with the butcher? But they had it in store. It happened mm -hmm. at the wedding, you know? And so anyway, I was looking for gaps. Didn't find them. Didn't find them. So I would recommend this movie. Definitely gets my fiddle. 
Nice. Well, I will tell you, this movie does get my fiddle. Um, and it gets my fiddle because um, of everything that was already stated in terms of just how well it was done, the great singing and acting, the dancing, just great storytelling in general. But it mainly gets my fiddle because of the ability to question what you've always believed and for there to be room for that. And for that to be okay, you don't just always believing in something just because someone said, does it always mean that it's right? Mm -hmm. And it may not be right for you, even if someone said that that is the right thing to do or the Mm -hmm. right way to go. Mm -hmm. You should always be able to chart your own path. Something the three of us always say all the time, if you're not harming anyone, why not? You're not harming yourself, hopefully. But if you're not harming anyone, What's the harm in doing it? What's the harm in believing it? Or, you know, just whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So I just really appreciate this opportunity to watch someone have to question something they've known their entire lives uh, and be able to grow and move another way and there to be room for that. Because when someone is growing and changing, you've got to be patient with them and you have got to be patient with yourself. If you are beginning to believe something you've never believed before, it all takes time. Don't be frustrated with yourself if you're deciding to believe something different. So it absolutely gets my fiddle. Love that. Love that. And you know, y'all, it can be so exhausting watching movies that tell the story of resilience of oppressed people. It can be exhausting. This movie didn't wear you out though. You know, it was just, there was something hopeful that was just, it just rang so true. It just rang so true. Well, there you have it, folks. Fiddler on the Roof is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you for joining us. We're just so grateful for your viewership, your listenership, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Love you guys. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.